But right now we have three dynamic communicators, wonderful men and woman of God. We have Christian Velez, who's going to lead us off, and then Farah Stout, and then the pastor of the Guthrie location, Hetty Coleman. Would you give it up right now for those as they come preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? Would you do it? You may be seated. Like Pastor Rodney said, my name is Christian Velez, and I'm excited that I get to uh, share from the Word of God uh, with you. I am passionate about the Word of God. I love uh, teaching people how to read the Word of God. I love teaching people how to understand the Word of God. But more than anything, I love teaching people how to obey the Word of God. Because I believe that when we obey the Word of God, that's when we really can see a huge transformation uh, to become the person that God created you and me uh, to be. But I'm also very passionate about my family. And I have a picture for you. This is me and my wife, my wife Natalie, which she is my Mexican wife. 100% Mexican, was born in California though, but she's 100% Mexican. And then the handsome man to your left, it's me. 100% Puerto Rican. And when two Hispanics come together, 100% Puerto Rican, 100% Mexican, and love each other, they get married, they have babies. And that is my 50-50 child. 50% Puerto Rican, 50% Mexican. They are my biggest blessings. God has been so good to me, but I have to confess something to you. I'm not always the nicest to them. There are some times that I come home and I'm just not nice to my family. Can I be honest with you? Anybody with me? And uh, the other day, I came home from camp. Like we went to camp, we took hundreds of students to summer camp. And you will think that after coming home four full days without seeing my wife and my daughter, being in the presence of God, leading students to Jesus, you will think I will come home and I'll be this godly man walking in that room, but I wasn't. I actually was, I was angry, I was mad, because I was tired. And they got the worst part of me. So one of the things that I do, it's what James chapter five says, and we're gonna be reading in the, in, the, uh, in the screen with me. James chapter five, verse 16. I want you to read this with me. Confess your to each other and pray for that you might be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. One of the things that I've been practicing for the last couple of years is uh, confessing my sin. When I do something that, uh, doesn't go, that doesn't align with the word of God, I confess that to my accountability partner. Now, I'm gonna show you a picture of my accountability partner because uh, my relationship with him has truly transformed my relationship with God because of the power of confessing. And his name is Blake Barnes. That is Blake. And Blake is 100% Oklahoman. (laughs) Careful what you say these days. Well, you can see he's a golfer. I mean, he can hit golfers with the right hand, with the left hand. He should be in the PGA Tour. He's incredible. But my relationship with Blake has really, truly helped me grow spiritually because every single week I confess my sins to him. Every Thursday at 11.30, you're going to find Blake and I at Fuzzies. And if you see us next week, make sure you pay for our meal. (laughs) But 
this picture actually was taken right outside of Fuzzy's. Why don't we go to Fuzzy's every week? Because he lets me pick and I pick the same place every single time. He's a great man of God. So the other day when I came back from camp, after I was being mean to my wife, I text Blake this, and I want to I wanna share this text with you, and I ask Blake for permission. Now, I'm not going to show you Blake's sins. I'm going to show you my sins and what I did. This is what I text. Full confession. I've been in a very bad mood. Maybe it's because I'm so tired. Came from camp and haven't been very nice to my wife and to myself, honestly. Pray for me. I did this because I want to confess my sins. I knew that what I did and how I treated my wife was not how God called me to treat my wife. And because we have this relationship and we've been practicing confessing, now we don't wait till Thursday because I sin so much, I got to do it in the midweek too. <laughs> and here, I want you to see Blake's response and his tone as we read this text. This Blake responds, he says, get some rest. Thank you. Great advice. I was tired. Give me great advice. Get some rest. And remember, they are your biggest blessing in your life. Love you, bro. Praying for you. Did you see any uh, words that put me down through that text message? A lot of times we're so scared to confess our sins because we're afraid of how the other person is going to treat us. But because we've been practicing this so much, I know I feel comfortable confessing my sin because I know that he loves me. And if you see in that text, he gave me an advice, get some rest. He, he told me to remember who they are in my life. And then he told me that he loved me. And then he said, I'm praying for you. One of the things that Blake and I do every single Thursday when we meet, it's that it's the same thing I want to encourage you tonight is that we pray together. And I want you to pray together. You know, today you're going to have a great opportunity uh, as our prayer team come forward at the end, just like they did during worship, for you to maybe confess your sins. Maybe you need prayer in your life. Prayer is powerful. And when you and I come together and we pray for one another, for the things that we're going through, God can do incredible things in your life and in my life. At North Students, we teach our students to be specific with our prayers. This is why you have to make sure that your students are here every single Wednesday night. Because these are things that we teach them. We, I don't, we don't allow them just to come for prayer and say, I need prayer. We ask them to be specific about their needs. And many times as Christians, we try to pretend that everything is okay when things are not okay. This is a place that it's okay not to be okay. This is a place that if you need somebody to pray with you and believe with you, this is a, you don't have to leave this place how you came in tonight. So when, I want to encourage you, when our prayer team comes forward towards the end, it might be uncomfortable for you because you might never done it before, but I want to encourage you, if you have a need in your life, come forward, be specific about your prayer, and let's pray together. It's so important for us to pray together, and we need to pray bold and expect big I've prayed a lot of prayers in my life. I've had moments where I felt strong and courageous, like I can take on hell with a water gun. And then there's been other moments where I feel a little timid and apprehensive, maybe even fearful as I choked out my prayer. 
I sat with the Lord even as I was preparing for tonight. And I was like, God, why? Why would I feel that way? Like you are God. Is it that I don't believe you can do it? Oh, I believe he can. Is it that I have a lack of trust? Maybe that he wouldn't do it when I prayed the prayer. So an image of my family came in my mind. You're gonna see my family here. My husband, Tony, he is a big, strong guy. And there is a sense of security and safety that our family feels when he's around. But for some people that you know him really well, you know he's a big teddy bear. And other people that don't know him well, they've said that he's a little bit intimidating and maybe even scary. (laughs) Well, you know, we've used that to our advantage at times when our family's been together. Maybe we're in a sketchy situation and uh, when he's around, we know he's got our back so we stand a little taller, our chest, we might even speak with a little more confidence you know, when he's there, because he's backing us up. And then I was like, Farrah, think about that. God, the creator of the universe, the one who hung the moon and the stars, he set this world in order. He knows everything. He is always present, and he is the most powerful. There is no one greater than him. He's got my back. He's my father, and he hears me when I pray. So I can stand taller, I can pray bolder, I can have a confidence that when I pray. I wanna continue in James five. Let's look at verse 17 and 18. Elijah was as human as we are. I'm gonna let that sink in. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. As human as we are, and yet, when he prayed earnestly, that's a bold prayer. Now, if you know a little bit of the backstory about Elijah, Elijah lived in the nation of Israel and he lived in the time when King Ahab and Jezebel were rulers. So it's scary times. There's corruption in the government, there's idolatry, and there's division in the nation. Does that sound somewhat familiar? And there was a great need for men and women to believe God and pray bold prayers and be expectant for God to move and deliver them. There's the thing that I've learned that bold prayers are a result of an intimate and passionate relationship with God. Relationships are built and intimacy, intimacy is built over time from coming in close. It's not on God's side, it's on our side. Coming in close and leaning in and getting to know him, having dialogue, conversation with him. You know, my husband, if I never hang out with him, if I never tell him how much I love him, how does he know that I value my relationship? I don't want him to wonder if he's important to me. So I tell him, I tell him, I love you, Tony. I cherish you. I've always been faithful to you. I enjoy spending time with you. 
But how much more I want my heavenly father to know that I love him, that I am grateful for him, that I am grateful for his love and affection, his goodness and kindness. And so I tell him not just framed in a melody of a song that we sing here in an hour on Thursday or Sunday, or not just out of duty, but I want it to be reflected in my everyday life of having conversation, of meeting with him of getting to know him bold prayers are anchored in God's word you can never go wrong when you pray God's word pray it back to him bring it before him learn his promises because they are for you and hide them in your heart so that you have them in those moments when you need them most. And start with the prayer that Jesus gave to us, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Bold prayers are reflected by an expectant heart. We should ask in faith believing. So I ask myself, am I a believing believer today? Ask yourself that question. Do I believe that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do? He is, he is God, he is greater than. Did you know that impossible is what God does? And God has a plan and he's always used imperfect individuals like me and like you. He's always had a plan to use us to thwart the plan of the enemy, to push back the darkness and to advance the kingdom of God. So I encourage you to pray the prayer and pray the prayer with boldness and expect an answer. We're not praying to a genie in a bottle that grants our wishes and our desires. We're praying to the God that is greater than and his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and I want his ways to to be in this earth. I want his ways and his thoughts. So lean in. If I had made a list of all the answered prayers that I had throughout my life, and I wish that I had, they would be so numerous, but I just want to share a few with you. I prayed a prayer. God, give me a strong marriage. That was after I'd gone through a painful divorce. And he answered that prayer. And on July 1st, we celebrate 26 years of marriage. I prayed a prayer, God, restore relationship with our estranged daughter. We had been separated for over eight years. And God answered that prayer, and he did. I prayed a prayer, God, restore my joy, give me peace, and give us strength after we had a miscarriage. And he shows up day after day, year after year. He is my joy. He won't just do it for me. He'll do it for you over and over. And not just for our personal lives, but for something greater, his purpose and his plan here on the earth. So pray bold and expect big. So good. So good. Hey, I want you to say pray back. Say it with me. Say pray back. back. Come on, a little bit better than that, church. 
I want you to say it like you mean it, okay? And if you need to get a little ugly face with it, you can. Say, pray back. Pray back. Okay, that's a little bit better. Y'all still look too cute, though. Pray back. So I get the opportunity to come up here and talk about pray back. Let's look at a couple of verses real quick, if you don't mind. James 5.19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about forgiveness of what? Many sins. Today I want to talk to you about the importance of praying for the lost, winning them back, and calling people back to repentance. Uh, when, when I started thinking about this, the scripture that came to my mind is it says, faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. Oh, everybody in here saved. Okay. <laughs> everybody in here saved. I was wondering. All right. So, so, so listen, praying back, bringing back takes work. It takes work. Okay. And so, so there's three things that I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about time. I want to talk about energy. And I want to talk about resources, all right? Just make sure we're on the same page. Faith without works is dead, dead. okay, all right, okay. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is time. And here's a couple of verses I want to read to you. The first one is Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. It says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Come on, over here. Okay, okay. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And then Colossians 4, 5 says this. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Y'all got quiet. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Some of y'all laugh. I see you. I see you. Uh-huh. How you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. So uh, the, the story is my grandmother... Uh, every time she got the opportunity, she was sharing Jesus. And, and, and there's a story of her being in uh, the doctor's office in the lobby. And it said, they said that she was sitting on one side of the room and then there was somebody on the other. And there was only three people. It was the person on the other side of the room. It was my grandmother and my grandfather. And, and my grandfather says, he says in his head, she's going to make her way over to that lady. That's what my grandpa said. And my grandfather, he's like, it's kind of embarrassing the way she does this. But somehow, my grandma found her sway right by that woman. And she goes into her story. She says, did you know? No, she doesn't know you, grandma. Did you know that I was found when I was newborn on the side of the road? She says, yep, I was found. And then she says this, and the man raised me up. And then when I got married, I prayed for 12 children and I ended up with 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She prayed for 12 and got 13, and now she's out telling the story. That person's probably thinking, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so anyway. And then she says, and we've been learning this, she says, do you have a story like that? 
And then she goes into sharing the gospel with her. And let me just tell you, my grandma, every opportunity, in the grocery store line, she's sharing her story in Jesus. At the laundromat, she's sharing her story in Jesus. In the taxi cab, because back then we had taxi cabs, we didn't have Ubers, she was sharing her story in Okay, y'all with me. The next thing I want to talk to you about is time. Time. My grandfather... Oh my goodness, I'm, hold on a second, let me show you some verses with you. I'm getting ahead of myself. Galatians 6, 9 says this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It says don't give up. Keep putting out the energy. You're going to reap a harvest of a reward. Okay, listen. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. He says, don't move. Keep doing it. Keep showing up. Keep sharing Jesus. Keep telling your story. All right? Listen, listen. My grandfather, and they got a picture of him, a really good picture. Really good picture of him. My grandfather, he used to work Monday through Sunday, sometimes 12 hours a day, sometimes more than that. And then on Saturday, my grandfather would get up and we would go knocking on doors. And my grandfather would be sharing Jesus with people. And sometimes I would get to go with him. And my grandfather would be sitting in the house and he would listen. He would share verses. He would listen some more. And then he'd share some more verses. And then he'd be sharing Jesus with them. And we would be in there for hours. And then we'd be out all day on Saturday. And then we would get up on Sunday and my grandfather would go preach a message because he was a pastor of the church. Seven days a week, putting out energy. Here's the next thing, is resources. Resources. How, how many of you are good with your hands? You can build stuff in here. Show me if you got good hands. Okay, yeah. Show me if your hands, if you can work on cars. Work on cars, yeah, yeah. Show me if you can cook. Come on, cooks. Ooh, take a picture, somebody, because I'm coming to your house. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what this is? These are resources. This is the body of Christ. And, and when you have somebody that's hungry, that's far from God, what do you do? Let me take you over to Pastor Rodney's house because he can grill like nobody's business. I don't know how true that is. Time, energy, and resources. My sons and I were, we were sitting at the table and I love, I love these moments where we're sitting at the table together and we started talking about the scripture reading for the day, and it was Hebrews 11. And one of the things that we started recognizing in Hebrews 11 is that they're talking about these great men of faith. And then after they started talking about it, they started talking about the work that they put in to show their faith. Because faith without works is dead. And so we're talking about that, and then the next day, Zell and I are leaving tennis, and we're driving back to Guthrie, America, and he says, and we start talking about this faith without works is dead. And he said, like, what does that mean? Like, give me some examples of that. And I started thinking about a teacher that recently showed up where I was speaking at. She was at the place where I was speaking. And after I was speaking, she came up to me and she says, you know what? I believed in you. I knew you were going to do it one day. And now in my head, I was like, okay, cool. Thank you so much. Right? Because I don't remember her putting in any work to show me that she believed in me. But then, one Sunday, a teacher came to church in Guthrie, America, and we crossed ways, crossed ways, and he said, Hetty? And I said, yes, sir. He says, 
I believed in you. He said, I knew that you would do it one day. And I got a little emotional because this teacher not only said that, but he put action to it. He put action to it. He, he, he gave of his time towards my life. He, he gave me energy from his life. He gave me resources to show me that he believed in me to push me forward. And today, I want to tell you that we can believe that Jesus can save people, but if we don't put in the work, come on, come on, church. This is when you stand up, okay? If you... If you believe you can bring them back, what can you show me that you believe that? Huh? This is when you stand up. This is when you say, God, oh, it's me. I'm going to show up today. Oh, come on. Show me your faith by your actions. I'm tired of talking about it. Let's do it. Come on, where is your time at? Where is your time? My grandfather in his old age is still talking about showing up. He's still trying to figure out how he can get to church and bring people to Jesus. He's still trying to knock on doors. Where is your actions? Faith without works is what? Come on, a little bit louder. Faith without works is? We no longer want to be a dead church. We want to be a live church. We want to be alive and well. Here's what I want us to do. Pull out your phones. I know you got your phones on you. Open the notes app. Or grab a pen and grab a North card in the back of the seat near you. And I want you to write down two or three people that you know are far from God and that you want to start praying for and taking action and bring them back. Hey, bring those scriptures back on the screen so we can go bring 19 and 20 back up. And now as you're writing these people and typing them, now I don't expect all of you to come down to the front when I ask you to come. But I know that there's two or three of you. Because the Bible says the laborers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. There's a few of you in the room who've written people down. And if you wrote somebody down, I want you to just start coming to the front. Start coming to the front with your people. Because see, Christian said we pray together, right? And then Pharaoh said, we're going to pray boldly. And earlier today, I was at an event where I was speaking. And when I was sitting up front, there was people in the room who had questions and there was people who in the room who had answers. And I was sitting there and I was listening to these people talking and it got me excited because I knew they were moving people forward by answering questions. They started talking over each other and that was okay because they were trying to get answers. Today, right now, I want us to start praying together. And I want you to start praying loud. And I want you to be okay with that because we're going to be praying together and we're going to be praying boldly, okay? Go ahead and start praying for the person that you have in your hand right now. For those of you out there, just start praying with us. Oh, Father God, Father God, your word says that there's people out there lost and we can bring them back by showing up, Father God. 
Father, I don't know whose names are on the list tonight, but Father God, I just pray that the people who wrote them down begin to pray with other people, begin to be bold, Father God, and showing up, Father God, because we want no one to be lost. The devil is the lie. God's plans are completed. We love you and adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go.